Ask him anything. Our auto expert, Nick Miles, has an answer. Direct message your questions at our auto expert on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our auto expert, Nick Miles. A locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert, where two million Americans and auto Andy get their automotive news daily. Uh, Andy just comes and knocks on the bedroom door. Can I have my news, please? I would be clueless. I would definitely be higher. Sure. You'd be increased to this. Yeah. Right. Additional. Additional. I'll go with that. Um, boy, did we have some fun at uh, Concorde Elegance at Pebble Beach. Oh, is that what that means? Yeah. Is that French for Pebble Beach? Uh, it's the Concorde of Elegance. Whenever I, th- I just think of Concorde grape jelly when I think of that word. <laughs> of course you do. I don't know. So I heard what I took from that was grape jelly is excellent. Okay, that's what I got from it. There is a, there's concours all over the country, all over the world, but Concours d'Elegance in uh, car, car Week in Pebble Beach is the concours in the U.S. Actually, I have to tell you that the one at Amelia Island, their concours is fast becoming as important as the Concours d'Elegance in Pebble. Do you know one of my favorite breakfast foods are? Croissants. 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 It sounds like what Croissant. you're talking about. Uh, in America, they call them crescent rolls. <laughs> Pillsbury. Crescent, Pillsbury crescent rolls. Yeah. Well, uh, did you have fun? A croissant. Le croissant. Um, I had a lot of fun. You know, there's. I could say a lot of things about this. It used to be all about the shrimp guzzlers and the champagne drinkers. Oh, yeah. Who I, uh, I detest. <laughs> But now it's about fine automobiles. Um, there are these nouveau riche, these people who have recently been made their money, and they're just unfinite people. Mm-hmm. And they used to cram themselves into the quail and spend their money and and buy cars, and they're just the behemoths of the rich. Mm. Um, and now the events have much more become about people who appreciate. Um, modern automobiles as well as the classic automobiles and they really have a love for the car wherever it may be from and there were some unbelievable new cars some unbelievable new ideas I had some extremely wonderful times with some very clever and inventive people and I learned some some things that I didn't know about, some designers, some architects, some uh, engineers that I was really impressed. I have a love Mm. for car designers that goes very deep, and that's because I can't draw a single thing. I'm completely useless. My mother was an artist. Mm, She was a history of art teacher, and she she just expected me to have this amazing ability to to be an artist and she when I failed art 
she couldn't believe it. She had me do it again and, and sent me back into the class. And when I wasn't making it, she told the art teacher there was something wrong. I had to have another try. <laughs> she was determined. <laughs> she was determined that I should be better than I actually was. And I just was horrible at art. And I just couldn't draw. But the truth is I have an appreciation for art and I have a love and understanding for cars especially design and ideas that is far above the average auto journalist and to be at the Concorde Elegance to see these cars on the lawn of um, the golf links and to see them on the concept lawn and to talk to these guys and to sit in them is amazing I had dinner at the Maserati house with Ralph Shields who is the designer for Stellantis, who is the head designer, who's in charge of design for Stellantis. And I found out something interesting about him. And this guy is, he's a very deep individual. Um, He's only worked for the one company. And, you know, you may know it as Chrysler, Fiat Chrysler. It's now called Stellantis. He's designed things like the Viper and, you know, the Dodge cars. Um, he's a really interesting individual. Um, he he's a Detroit guy uh, through and through. And I made this very brash statement, which was, who changes the oil nowadays? I mean, most of us don't know how to change oil in a car. Most of us don't know how to do any maintenance on our cars they become too complicated they become too strenuous to understand i mean Mm -hmm. the the grease monkeys of today who love to get deep in oil uh, are now computer nerds they have to hook up a computer and they have to read codes and go through manuals it's no longer that sort of thing so i made this statement who i can't even change who who changes their oil anymore and he goes i do and I'm like, he's the chief designer. This is a guy that designs, he designs a thousand horsepower electric cars. He's, he's an amazing individual. Um, and he goes out, I presume, in a, some kind of jumpsuit, you know, garage <laughs> outfit with his <laughs> Ralph written across the left top pocket. And he's changing his own oil. Interesting. Um, and he's, you know, checking the bushings. And the shocks. Um, and cars aren't easy. They're a bit complicated nowadays. Air suspension, reservoirs, and, you know, oxygen sensors. and Oxygen sensors. Yeah. Yeah, I respect a guy that can do all that. Because yeah. Michael Jordan, he didn't tie his own shoes, you know what I mean? Because he was so elite. And so I respect that. That's a long way down. Um, so there's, there's, uh, you know, there's a lot going on there. Um, and he does it all himself. And so the respect for them is amazing. Yeah. Um, and the guy that Klaus, who designs the new Maseratis nowadays, I met Klaus when he was designing interiors of uh, Jeep Cherokees. And he's this tall German guy. Feels like he's 10 foot, but everybody above six foot feels like they're 10 <laughs> foot to me. And he's just like really tall, thin German guy. And so we went into this dark room and they were going to show us the new Maserati GT. And this dark room, and it's it's imagine went to to the Maserati house, and there's this room off the back, and they take ten journalists in at a time, and they're gonna reveal the new car to you, 
So they're going to bring the lights up. Mm. And they've got TV screens, and so it's really dark. And there's enough room to see where you're going into the room. And you're all going to stand around. You can sort of know where the car is in the room. There's a couple of TV screens they're going to show you. They usually show you a video, and then they the lights come up, and you can see the car. And Klaus is standing back there with another guy. Can't really tell who it is. And then there's a handler that ushers you into the room. And you can hardly see anything. And Klaus starts to come forward to the crowd of these 10 journalists. And there's Dan Neal from the, from, he used to be from the LA Times. And now he's the Wall Street Journal. And Dan Neal's next to me. And all these like really big names in auto journalism. And Klaus comes forward and he starts coming forward to the crowd. And I think oh, he's going to talk to us. And then he starts heading towards where I am. He reaches out and grabs my hand and he shakes it and he goes, Nick, good to see you. Oh, and he walks man. back into the crowd. And I'm like, oh, he knew who I was. He remembers me. There was like that moment of recognition. And the lights come up and this car is like amazing. Like this is a Maserati and they're making their own engines now. And my heart just sang like this thing is just unbelievable. And it has so much room in it now. This two-door, four-seater, and the engine is implanted so far back. There's so much room in it. And hmm. just the lines on it. And I'm like, this is a Maserati. It's sort of square headlights. And I'm like, holy hell, look at this thing. And he said, well, you can't see it. You can't. There's no pictures. Of, you know, They took our phones before we went in there. And yeah, don't touch it. They were like. Uh, nobody's going to see this until the fall. And I had some footage of a car I'd filmed along the highway in Detroit like two weeks before in camouflage. And um, I said, is this the same car? And he goes, oh, where did you get that footage? And he goes, yeah, that's it. That's the electric version that we were testing on the road. Oh, there's an electric one. And so, yeah, they're going to have an electric, a hybrid, and a gas version. Oh, the trifecta, huh? Uh, there's so much at Pebble Beach. There was, uh, there's a brand new Lucid launched a new brand that has 1,200 horsepower. There was a new DeLorean. There was, uh, and Genesis showed the inside of of one of their new concept cars. And then this Lincoln L100 and the Lincoln Star. They use their electronics in the Lincoln Star to take away our electronics so they don't bother us. And if you want, we'll have to explain that later what? in the show. It's really incredible. They have a box that puts your electronics in it. So, so they put our electronics in it. That so there they don't bother us, but we still have access to them. So it's very clever. But it slots inside the door like the Rolls Royce umbrella thing, uh-huh. and you can still your the car will actually link to them. So if you need to look at something on your phone you can do it through the dash Stop. or your laptop what but it doesn't bother you like it's not ringing all the time so if you want to get to it you can get to it through the screen and look at something but your phone isn't ringing all the time and buzzing and stuff because it's in this little box inside the door boy if anybody needs one of those it's you yeah right isn't that clever that is clever yeah it's really they 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 give you calm inside the car it's just a lot going on. I want to see what else I can put in there. And then Mike and I were in New York this week, um, and we got a surprise. We were introduced to New York City live on WPIX, and the surprise was, hey, you're your, our new auto guys, and welcome to the city. 
What? Yeah. So we're going to talk about that next with Nick. Mike Goodell. Yep. Listen to previous episodes of the show at ourautoexpert.com. Catch up with previous episodes of the show, our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com, and there you'll find Mike Cadell. Am I saying your name right, Mike? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cordell. Morning, guys. How are How's you? How's everyone doing? Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Cardell. Cuddle. Thank you. Thank you. It's always great to be on. I got to share a, a really fun moment as we get ready to kick off car discussions for the day. So I'm currently in the in the car right now doing what I do best, and that's drive. I've got my 13-year-old daughter in the car with me who never goes anywhere in the car with me. So she gets to listen in on the radio, and I have a CD player inside my 2017 <laughs> Ford Raptor. And I was thinking about, Andy, I was thinking about you and Nick. So you guys remember back in the, like, early 90s when when we used to buy cds remember it was called bmg or columbia records you would buy yes like the hip-hop it was like the be, it was like the best of hip-hop for for 1993 yep. and so i'm playing it in the car and it's playing like funky cold medina oh, it's got like man. vanilla ice ice baby oh, classic and she says to me she says to me 30 seconds ago before we go on air she goes dad you guys had the best music for your wedding. Oh. And I was like, I was like, oh, she went there, the wedding. It's oh, like, I'm no. glad to know that I am associated with MC Hammer. Can't, you know, like, it's, it's just amazing, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's that you, time starting my day, guys. You, you gotta love the, the kids. Music. You gotta love the kids with the, the backhanded sugar-coated burn. Yeah. <laughs> and I know, it's like, she loves to say you're roasted, and it's like, in this case, she's like, Dad, your music's amazing, but the funny part is she knows the lyrics. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> that was just enough to make fun of it. I got it. Has she seen the wedding That's videos? Right. No. Um, I don't know if video existed when we got oh, there. Oh, <laughs> yeah, better have done. <laughs> We were all, we were doing TV back in those days. Yeah, I would pay money to see Mike doing the sprinkler at his reception. Oh, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was more like the cabbage patch. There you know? we go. There it is. The shopping cart. The heyday of Jerry Rice and the San Francisco 49ers doing the the cabbage patch dance in the end zone. I'm still the coolest dad at our school, though. That's right. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> I know. I don't know how to take it. Uh, so we had an interesting week, haven't we? Oh man, it is a like it's it's a bruiser. You're going on ten day, you're on ten days of travel. Um, I start my my almost ten days with one day off. Today's my only day off. Tomorrow I'm right back at it, and I'm on the road for another five six days straight. So yeah, it was a busy week, man. We were in New York, Andy, and we were shooting the Grand Wagoneer, and the Wagoneer is part of uh, a, a soon to be announced. Uh, new gig we're working on and it was fun we snuck on to a decommissioned army base where they thought we were two fbi agents coming through in our unmarked you know suvs that were matching and identical we uh we shot some video we had to deal with the hot sun it was blazing in new york uh, we had airplanes flying over kids screaming it was par for the course nick it was oh, uh man. that was fun so just just to paint the picture for everybody we had two matching Jeep Wagoneers, and uh, we were looking for a great location near the water. We knew where we were going to film, 
we were looking for sort of a public park, maybe by the just to do a couple of stand-ups. Uh-huh. And and Mike's really good at uh, directions of places he doesn't necessarily know. And I'm, I'm if I know the area, I'm great. But he he's just lead and he's gone. He's so I was following Mike, and I was in a white and he was in a black. And these vehicles look the part. And he just drove up to this gate, and the guy came out of the security hut. It's a full-on base and just waved us straight through onto the base. Oh, man. And we just, Mike just went, and I'm like, okay, I'm following, I guess. And there we yeah. were, suddenly on the base. That's amazing. Crazy. That's kind of like uh, if you have a ladder, you can get into anywhere. That seems like the car <laughs> version of that. <laughs> and that's the truth. Uh, so there we were yeah. for the whole day, and we were like, he, we got really, really hungry. We were eating stuff we could find in the bottom of my bag. Oh, that's a bad <laughs> yeah, day. And we didn't, yeah, and we didn't, we didn't want to leave because we knew if we left, we might not be able to come back. Yeah, no, that, yeah, you got one. So, uh, but the bigger, the big surprise of the day was when we, or the day, the the week when we got to New York, um, they asked us to come on to to WPIX in New York. And we didn't really we we knew this was going to happen eventually, but we didn't really know what it was. And they said, well, we want to do a segment on how to buy cars. And and Mike's been doing this for a while, doing these uh, informative pieces on on Fox and Friends and, and all over about tips to help people buy cars. And this is stuff we've known for a long time, but he's been explaining it to everybody, some five steps on how to do it. And so we were like, yeah, we'd love to come on and do it. But part of this was them announcing that we are now their car guys. And it was just, we were surprised. It was, we didn't know it was going to happen that quickly, right, Mike? Yeah, it was It was a lot of fun to be there. And, you know, I mean, anyone that's listening into the show and follows our auto expert knows that, you know, we travel, we work really hard in the auto industry to kind of capture the content. We're always chasing new cars and, you know, doing all of this fun stuff and, sometimes we have to take that hat off and be mindful of the fact that, you know, consumers still just want to find out how they get the best deal on a car, right? Like it's so expensive right now, even with the average median cost uh, per Kelly blue book sitting around 47 grand for a new vehicle. Like that's still a lot of money. So it's all going to find ways to help people save money. And it was, it was cool because we got to talk a little bit about the business, you know, Nick, you were at Pebble beach and you had a chance to see the new Lamborghini Performante, the Alfa Romeo, you know, Tenali and some of these really cool vehicles while I was on the, you know, this side of the country, um, you know, just getting news packages together around, you know, some of these, these tips and trends for people to buy a car and knowing what they can buy with the BMW, you know, two series and the, the Mercedes, you know, C-Class, um, just having some of these vehicles readily available and being able to talk, you know, providing them with new news like you were doing on yeah. on the West Coast yeah. and just ways to buy what I was doing here. It was such a great tag team week of effort. It's interesting that the first thing that any anchor at a TV station tells us is, where were you when I went to buy my car? They always uh, they always ask that. So, um, listen, we're going to take a quick break, Mike. But when we come back, we're going to talk more about uh, the Wagoneers. We're going to talk more about that trip. Um, it was it's we haven't been together in a while, and it was so much fun. And of course, uh, the Detroit Auto Show is coming up. So hopefully, we'll get to spend some more time together. Thinking about changing your car? Get the latest on everything with a Go Pedal at ourautoexpert.com.
This is our Auto Expert Radio Show on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and every TV station that counts across America. You can start a conversation with us and ask us a car question. Join us, direct messages at Our Auto Expert. It's where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Mike Cadell on the phone with us from Nashville. Uh, Mike, so an interesting week we had in New York City um, doing some Jeep Wagoneer stuff. Uh, the Wagoneer, probably everybody's favorite full-size SUV with three rows, definitely uh, can luxury it up from top to bottom. No doubt. I uh, posted yesterday, I went back, the first car I test drove in 2022 in January, uh, right at, during the new year, was the Grand Wagoneer. And it was the first time I had a chance to take the family on a road trip in it. And there were some things that stuck out that truly make it special. One is the fact that it's lightweight. And although that sounds like a crazy thing to highlight, the fact that it is lighter weight than the competition uh, is something that makes it stand apart, makes it a little bit more nimble. Uh, It makes it better on fuel economy. And all of that combined with the technology and everything inside of it make it a special vehicle. Um, Some other things about this vehicle that are also unique, it's the longest in the class. So over the Escalade and the um, Expedition, it's the longest longer than a navigator uh, that set that also sets it apart um, I think what's unique about the Grand Wagoneer is that it still says Jeep so you get five electronically controlled driving modes you get two different V8 engine options and a 5.7 and a 6.4 um, and you get best towing capacity with both of those engines so you know I it, it's it's crazy because as big as it is it's still a very functional full-size three-row luxury SUV. Yeah, and there's room, right? There's room in the back. I mean, you're, you know, you're 6'3", going on 6'4", and you had plenty of room in the back row. There's amenities in the back row. There is, if you want to go all the way up, there's even a front passenger screen, more screen space available in all... Um, in all rows than any other vehicle in its class. And even in the base version, um, the, the, in the Wagoneer, um, when you get it plain, there's a really good Alpine sound system. So even if you start at the $58,000 version and you don't go into the high-end versions, it's still really, really nice. Super nice, like way better than any other vehicle really in the category at that price. So when you're starting right around 60 grand, you're getting super cool functionality. In many ways, that Wagoneer, um, there were things about that that, that, not that I liked better than the Grand Wagoneer, but if you're comparing price to price, man, it's like, holy smokes, you get a lot for your money uh, with that vehicle. And, you know, just in traditional or typical Jeep fashion, you can continue to make upgrades to it all the way until you get up to a fully loaded Grand Wagoneer. So, they're giving you a lot of options with that vehicle. I mean, Fire TV, are you kidding me? That's so cool. The ability to plug in an HDMI in the middle center console that then turns on all screens and allows you to project things to it. I mean, that is just super cool technology. Uh, massaging seats, a relaxed mode, Andy, where if what? you felt like you just needed to take a little bit of a siesta in the middle of the day, you just hit the relax button. It puts on some ambient, relaxing music, and all the screens... Uh, joined together in unison, all three of them in the front, the digital gauge cluster, the center entertainment console. There's a secondary entertainment console below it. And then the passenger side, you get four screens that all say 
Go to sleep. You're feeling sleepy. It's awesome. Oh, yeah, man, you, I want that. And, you know, Mike, that's funny you said that. Like, Nick, literally the first thing that I did when we got the Wagoneer was put your face on all the screens, <laughs> and I tried to yes. take a nap, and it was the best nap I've ever taken. Yeah, well, most people go to sleep nice. when they see me. <laughs> um, yeah, you can have a fireplace, at, you know, in the, in the Christmas holidays, or you can uh, you can have you know C or whatever you want. Uh, there's five different, I think, uh, uh, different atmospheres that you can choose when you do that and just, on the inside. I just want to be massaged and have a little Katy Perry going on in the background and just have a little siesta, like Mike said. Yeah, well, there you go. There's right. the, definitely functions on there, Katy. That's a bit specific, Katy Perry. Don't but worry about okay, yeah. we'll we'll be fine with that. <laughs> Uh, so definitely, we definitely had a good day filming, and uh, we had a good time with the vehicle, and had a good time in New York as well. Um, and you seem very at home in New York, by the way, Mike. I love the city. I mean, I spent so much time there. It's one of the reasons we moved out of California to Tennessee was to bring me closer to New York. You know, there's a vibe in the city. We uh, right next to the WPIX uh, was the the Marriott, and they're hosting the U.S. Open. This time of year happens to be the very end of august into september you know although september 11th brings back uh, obviously some you know horrible memories but this time of year is the best time to be in new york the city is is beautiful there's not a lot of clouds it's very comfortable and people are out just having a great time enjoying you know enjoying food enjoying each other it's just such a great place to be super friendly too family is very friendly just nice everybody's super nice great food it is Oh yeah, we it, had. It, it is. We found it didn't take us long to find uh, restaurants that we needed to find. Um, they were very close to where we were. We went. You know, me being the obstinate, difficult vegan, uh, everything was in a couple miles from where we were. Nice. So it was fun. We had a good time, and uh, I'm just looking forward to the next time we can go back to the city as well. Um, Mike, there's on the other side of the country in California. Um, it looks like uh, gas vehicles will be off the table in 2035. Uh, they have introduced a bill that, if it goes through, will ban the sale of gas vehicles. It seems a little short-sighted since they're already having infrastructure problems with uh, electricity. Uh, it means that those problems will have to be solved well in advance of uh, the banning of sale of gas vehicles. Yeah, you know what? This has been done before, right? It's not the first time that California is proposing a ban on on gas vehicles. And, you know, I think at this point there's probably part, part politics in this. You know, folks are coming up for a re-election, and that plays partially to uh, a base audience. But with that said, if you just remove politics out of it and just kind of look at the, the larger picture, yeah, it's, it's only problematic. I'm a big fan of crawl before you walk, walk before you run, run before you sprint. I think we kind of went from the crawl to the sprint uh, in the electric market. I mean, you guys have had me on before, and I've just said, look, I, I love electric vehicles. I have zero bad things to say about electric vehicles, but I have a ton of things to say about the lack of infrastructure. And so you're going to say by 2035 that you're going to go all electric. But the problem is going to be how do you create an environment where you can charge vehicles easy at your home you can't get dc power you can only get ac power there's there's ways to charge at your home but what if there's a rolling blackout what if you have an emergency and you just pulled in and you got to turn around and pull back out but your vehicles you know has no electricity in it i think there are things that are are problematic for the world of electric vehicles and although i think they are amazing and fun vehicles to drive i think you can't put all your eggs in one basket and that's why 
you know, I've said a few times, I think Ford Motor Company is doing it the right way. They've separated their two brands from Ford to the Ford Electric side. So they have a gas division and they have an electric division. And they haven't said, hey, we're going to go all electric, whereas General Motors has. And I think that's kind of problematic. And so in the state of California, if you're going to try and move these vehicles forward, you better have an infrastructure set in place. Because if you turn off that that faucet, um, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with all the gas stations that are currently there? Are you going to decommission them? They're just going to sit on the corner dormant? There's, there's a lot of problems around going this aggressive. So it's not going to happen. It's just it, it can't because the infrastructure won't allow it. Doesn't mean the cars aren't great. Um, but the positive is that California's being progressive and saying, look, we want to move in this direction. They just need to figure out how to get there. Yeah, and I think I think at this point they're, they're suggesting the ban is just for the sale of new vehicles. New vehicles, correct. Um, so that would obviously mean that uh, there's still going to be plenty of other vehicles. And it's in the same way that... Um, does that stop you buying a vehicle out of state and then registering it in state um, as a used vehicle? Um, you know, how is that going to work? There's a lot of questions still to come. Uh, ultimately, though, California um, has to work on their infrastructure and energy security, and that's the big problem for me, and I think you sort of brought it up, is energy security is what it's all about. What happens if uh, we have uh, something that happens to our supply of electricity those charging stations do hold a supply of energy but what happens if they're not getting replenished the same as gas stations don't get replenished uh, then what happens to people getting around so we need to think about energy security and uh, how that works and i think that needs to be i guess the government needs to come up with a plan to make sure that those cars and people still have gas uh, and that we haven't heard yet from them. Yeah, correct. And, you know, we, we hate to say the the elephant in the room word, but, you know, nuclear is a very clean form of technology. And, you know, there's a lot of, of history around nuclear technology. But if we can, you know, build, design and fortify, you know, nuclear forms of, of power, it, it's the cleanest and most efficient way to, to do it. Right now, you know, we burn coal. And um, you can create as many solar farms as you want, but it's not going to be sustainable. And places like Las Vegas, although not California, the amount of power that goes into downtown to keep those lights going is a yeah. lot. One thing, one thing to close it out, people forget that California is massive. Yeah. California is like the entire eastern seaboard, yeah. like from yeah. New York all yeah. the way to Florida. It's massive. Yeah. yeah. So that's the hard part is how do you – you got the desert, you got the mountains, yeah. you got the snow, you got yeah. the city. Yeah. No, it is, and uh, they need to start thinking about that. All right, Mike, it's always good to talk to you. We'll uh, visit with you again next week. Uh, you can see Mike's video, you can hear Mike on the podcast, and you can do everything at Our Auto Expert. Thinking about changing your car? Get the latest on everything with a go pedal at OurAutoExpert.com. Over 20,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert podcast and many more streamers join the happy listeners via the Apple Podcast app. And of course, hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles and this is our Auto Expert radio show. Two million Americans get their automotive news from Automatic Andy when he knocks on their door every single day and just shouts it at them. Get up. Oh. It's time to get up. Get up and let me, let me tell you about Ford. Aren't you, uh, why aren't you somebody's alarm clock?
You get, should be somebody's alarm clock. Just knock on their door. It's like, how would you be somebody's alarm clock? Oh, that would be good. Hey, wake up. Hey, did you know, hey, there's trouble going on with Chevys. Hey, listen. Listen, I got something to say. Fiat's back in the game. Let's let's go. Let's let's. We need to talk about it. Hey, that's how you'd be automotive alarm clock. Automatic Andy, the automotive alarm clock. Yeah, that's me. Get up. We got stuff to talk about. <laughs> the staff of the world just got scared out of bed right now. It's only for ninety nine cents. There's people in India going, "What the hell is going on?" Get up right <laughs> now. Uh, there's a lot going on. Ford's about, Ford is about to announce the brand new Mustang. Did you know this? You would have if you would have let me wake you up this morning. Yeah, you, you were going to wake people up with a new Mustang. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a brand new Ford Mustang. Does, um, does that, uh, wait, hold on. Are they going to make the first four-door Mustang? No, that's already here. We we are the marquees here. Dang. Uh, new Ford Mustang coming. Are you Have you ever been a Ford Mustang fan? You know, actually, yes. So... One of, one of my ex-brother-in-laws was really into the Fords, and he and I got into it. And one, oh. of, one of my favorite Ford, like a good kind of get into it. And one of, one of my favorite Fords is the, um, the Ford Taurus Show edition. Oh, really? The SHO. Yeah, because yeah. it's really cool. There's a whole story there, but I'll leave it be. The, the, the old Tauruses look like a brick, and then it has, <laughs> it has SHO on the back of it, and it okay. goes really fast. Uh-huh. I like them. The This... They were horrible, the Ford show. Yeah, show. I'm sure. Yeah, they were just really, really horrible. Uh, this, this new Ford Mustang is going to be um, announced at the Detroit Auto Show, which is around, I think they're going to do it sometime around September 13th, mom's birthday, mm. 80th, um, and uh, sometime between the uh, 13th and 15th. Um, Jim Farley has confirmed the all-new Pony Car will make its debut at the North American International Auto Show, Detroit, as we know it. It'll be a stunning car. I'm so excited. This is what Farley said. I'm so excited to share it with the world. Um, yeah, we're, we're excited to share it with the world, too. Um, officially, it'll be the seventh generation. Mustang uh, haven't announced any teasers apart from it'll have a six-speed manual transmission. So what do we know? It'll have a six-speed manual. What do we know the, about the engine if it has a manual transmission? It means it automatically has two brakes. No. <laughs> a clutch and a brake. But what kind of engine does it have to have if it has a manual? Gas. Yes. Petrol. Petrol. Pe petrol engine. Yeah, mate. So it can't be electric. That means it has to be a gas or a hybrid, um, which means that there is not an electric car, which a lot of people are suggesting, but as a manual transmission. Now, there may be an electric version, but we know it at least has to be a um, vehicle that has a gas engine of some sort. Otherwise, it can't have a manual. They did roll out a camouflaged version of it, and there's lots of people who have rendering versions of it, uh, guessing what it looks like, a bit like a Raptor. Um, lots of guesses what it'll look like online, but nobody, I, they're usually really wrong. Nobody ever gets it right. I love those those pictures of the cars with the camo on it. It's just, it's so These much ones, effort. Yeah. yeah. Well, Ford are really good at doing camo cars, by the way. They do, a, there's a whole science that goes with their camos. So you talk to the Ford guys about doing their camo, and they mislead you an awful lot with a camo. So, hmm. Yeah. I just it perplexes me. It does camo. Well, yeah, the science behind it, and also the the implication 
of uh, putting it on a car, which means, oh, you can't see me. See these lines that they have down the side yeah. on the camo? They're usually pieces of pipe they put in there to make it look like a body line, but it's a piece of pipe under the camo. Oh, yeah. sneaky. They put a little thin piece of pipe under the camo to make it look like a body line, and it's not really a body line. It's a piece of pipe stuck to the body. That has no function. has no function. It just makes the camo look like there's a body line under it. Oh, me and you would be really good at that. Sneaky, dirty, sneaky. Yeah, that is sneaky. Um, that's the sort of thing that they do to mislead you in what a car looks like. And then this sort of thing, which is supposed to look like the gas cap, mm -hmm. no function at all. It's not a gas cap at all. See, I'd put duct tape over the window. Well. Now you can't see me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah how do you oh, drive? but then you got to drive. Hang yeah. your head out the window. Yeah. People in the 50s did it. Yeah. You'll be all right. This sort of thing, piece of piece of orange tape here, misle misleading to think there's a light there, but it's not. Oh, they're super extra about yeah, it. Yeah, they are extra. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, see here, this someone's put the line in on this rendering drawing where it's supposed to be, where it was in that camo, but it's not there. It's probably somewhere completely different. So, you know, they're very misleading in that. Um, and uh, there's the last call for the Dodge Charger and Challenger gas versions. Uh, they'll do six special editions between now and the SEMA show in Vegas, which happens in November. And these special editions will be absolutely amazing, supposedly. Um, between now and then, uh, we're going to have Tim Kaniskas on later in the show, who is the big cheese and bottle washer, the head of Dodge. He's going to tell us about these special editions a little bit. Uh, only 1,000 uh, shakedown editions will be uh, made of this uh, new Dodge uh, shakedown version. Uh, the last call for the 2023 first one that has been announced, the uh, they're going to do seven total, but the one has already been announced called the Challenger Shakedown. Um, that is a thousand editions of that. There's six more to come. Uh, the Shakedown features black and red stripes, and it uh, has an interior upholstery inspired by the 2016 Dodge Shakedown Challenger concept car. Now, they make it a thousand shakedowns. Uh, it'll be split between a 485 horsepower RT scat pack and a wide body twin, uh, likewise priced at 55,000 to 65,000 when orders open this fall. And if you want a shakedown, you'll have to be in there early. I am absolutely in love with the way Dodge are naming their cars. I mean, can you imagine? So, can you imagine just casually, hey, hey, Andy, what'd you get? Oh, I got the 2023 Shakedown, baby. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That's a good one. And I feel like, this is just my opinion and speculation, don't yeah. follow it, but I feel like with the way things are going, these type of cars are the ones that are going to be, not only do you want to drive, their investments. Yeah, Like, if you were course. to buy one of these and just kind of let it sit and chill, you're going to double your money, I feel like. Absolutely. Yeah, at least. At least. There's so many new Dodges coming, including the new Hornet SUV. Um, which is going to be a performance SUV. I can't. There's just too much. There's too much. America's fastest growing automotive radio show. Our auto expert, Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast, this is the World's Car Radio Show. As a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Automatic Andy. Well, 
uh, there is a lot of news when it comes to our friends at Dodge. They recently introduced uh, or they revealed their Dodge Charger Daytona SRT electric muscle car and their Hornet crossover. Uh, they also announced that some very final special editions of their internal combustion engine, Charger and Challenger will happen between now and SEMA. Well, the man who has all of the information is the man who is the head of Dodge, Tim Kaniskas, lifelong friend. He joins us on the phone from Detroit. Tim, let's ask you what's going on at Dodge. Last year, we told everybody we were launching this transition plan towards electrification, and, and we knew that we needed to celebrate the end of the current cars, but then we needed to walk into hybrid. And then we needed to spend another year really explaining to people how we're going to do electrification. So if you think about what we did is we talked about the end on Monday during speed week. And then Tuesday, we talked about the plug-in hybrid Hornet, which is going to expand the brand into um, hopefully some new customers into the brand. Um, and then we started talking and showing what we're going to do with electrification. We'll just keep on that path for the next 12 months. So that when we get to 2024, Nobody wakes up and says, hey, I'm not sure about this. It'll just be, okay, it's finally here. There's so much to talk about. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm looking down a list of uh, facts and figures, and every time I open a magazine or I look at a press release, uh, there's my brain is full. It's like a conveyor belt. You're putting so much information on the end of the conveyor belt. I'm losing information on the other end, like stuff's falling off. Um, everybody's referring to the history and even reflect, reflecting back to things in the most recent history. And then there's this whole sort of new era as well. Um, it, it's been a hard road for you. And even in this year, you were sort of expecting things to happen much quicker but everything sort of going to culminate in SEMA for you. That's the sort of big show where everyone's pulling out of SEMA. That's going to be really when the whole family comes together for Dodge. Yeah, that's true. And back to your point about everything being compressed. I mean, you got to remember the whole world kind of took a almost two year pause. We should be right about this time. We probably should have been into our new cars already. But, you know, there was a merger, there was COVID, there was supply chain. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that got thrown in the road in front of us that we had to keep weaving around. And, and now it's kind of all building up uh, to this big last hurrah of the current L cars, um, one of which will be uh, the one that we're going to show at SEMA. It's, you know, have, I think, how many models are you going to have between now and SEMA? Because there is almost too many to count. So we already have a ton, right? Everybody always makes fun of us, all the different variations that we have, you know, between the Pentastars, the RTs, the Scat Packs, the Hellcats, the Red Eyes, the Super Stocks, uh, and then the Jailbreak on top of that, which basically, you know, is exponential combinations. And so people are like, oh, how could you possibly come up with more special editions between now and the end? And we said, well, what we want to do is celebrate this run. I mean, this is a... a almost two decade run out of the Brampton assembly plant, 3 million Dodge muscle cars and a billion horsepower. So we said, let's, let's go back into the archives and see which cars we think were really cool. And let's try and do commemorative versions of those. So we said, we're going to do six cars between now and 
end of the field that are all commemorating a car that came before it. And you saw the first one was Shakedown. That was an old, old SEMA car that we had, yeah. uh, based Gen 1 Challenger. Uh, but cool to redo it in the new car. So six of them will be iterations of something that existed before. Uh, and then the, the seventh one will kind of sort of be an iteration, but all new at the same time. Now you started, uh, you know, on the floor of these dealerships. How many of these cars were cars that you passionately loved back in the day? Oh, of the of the six commemorative versions? Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Some of them didn't exist. Okay. Yeah. You kind of hone in on what some of these are. Um, I, I would say two of them are, I, I would say actually none of the six. Really? Oh, that's not true. That's not true. One of the six. One of the six, I would say. There's a couple other ones that were, quite honestly, I didn't learn about the history of them until um, probably in the last, six or seven years. Wow. They had always been out there. They had always been out there, but they were kind of a little bit below the water level, and I was not aware of them. Uh, but really cool stories behind them. How many of these cars are going to reside in the Kaniskas garage? Uh, one for sure. No question, one for sure. Any more than that was going to require a very special uh, business meeting with my wife, so probably I'm only <laughs> one right you know, every time I see you, um, you're super excited about something or other that you want to have. How many of these cars actually stay with you? I mean, I'm, I can imagine you probably have a demon, um, and I can imagine you probably have a first-generation Hellcat. But how many of these cars do you manage to hold on before your wife says enough is enough? Um, I have I have space for two cars, so I really can have two cars plus, you know, plus a daily driver, but I only have space for two cars. Yeah. As soon as you get a space that you can have more cars, it's a funny thing. You always fill it in. So I've been resisting getting more space. I have, I have exactly the same problem as you. I have exactly the same problem as you because I have space for a couple cars and then I'm told, no, if you want more, you have to sell them. You have to sell something and then you don't want to, and then you have to, and then you sell it and you get something else and then you want something else and you have to sell it. And then it gets, it gets to be painful as the same time as joyful. And that becomes, very... I, I always, you know, everything I sell, I end up regretting it later. Which yeah. I didn't do it. We need we need some sort of warehouse where we sneak stuff that you know the other half doesn't know about, and it just stays there in maybe a vacuumed plastic bag, and yeah. we can take it out in ten years, twenty years time, and go. We didn't sell it; <laughs> we kept it forever. Um, in in two thousand eight, when the economy crashed, um, people were trying to rent out airplane hangers to people with without airplanes. And uh, it's a little known fact, but they were really, really inexpensive at the time. And the only reason that I didn't do it is my wife looked at it and she said, oh, my God, I think you could fit 18 cars in here. No way. <laughs> she knew. And she wanted to keep it. She went, you know, you wanted to keep your cars and, uh, and not sell them. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the same for everybody. And, and of course, cars were going dirt cheap during the crash because people were unloading them to pay off their debts. Um, and that was obviously a sad time. I remember when Dodge celebrated 100 years and you guys bought out some of those um, most incredible 
concept cars that you had over the years and I wished I owned some of those but obviously nobody did because they didn't go on sale and those were some of the greatest historic cars that you ever did or didn't make the, the, the car that I missed that I thought long and hard about was the last run of Viper ACRs oh. the one of one and I, I just didn't have the space for it I wanted it so bad and I ended up not doing it and now I'm kicking myself. I mean, do you see where they're going? Over yeah. three times. And I still do have a nameplate for you. You gave everybody a nameplate for one of those on the inside. And I still have that nameplate that everybody got um, when they drove those. I still have that nameplate. Um, you know, when we did that 100-year celebration, I don't know if you know this story, but um, you know, let us drive some of the original Dodges, the, the three-speed versions of the cars. And somebody took off in one really fast and did a wheel spin up the hill um, out of the uh, of the house. And one of the PR people uh, just got really upset and said, right, that I'm going to find out who that journalist is and I'm going to send them home. That's a Dodge Classic. You can't do that in them. I'm, uh, who's driving that car? We're going to send them home. That's a, um, a, a real Dodge piece of history. And someone came running over to that PR person and said, oh, that's Tim. I have the brand and she goes, Oh, <laughs> don't worry about it then. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. 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 You know what? They, they opened up the museum and they handed me keys to a legit original Hemi charger. I mean, how do you resist that? Yeah. Come on. I'm That's one of those things I think you'd ask for. Let it loose. Yeah. Whatever, whatever comes out of it's fine. At least I'm going to be able to tell somebody I drove a legit Hemi Charger and did a burnout all the way up the hill from the the Dodge Mansion. Yeah. Oh, that just that sentence right there is worth it. The only thing, Tim, that I miss, and we've got to find a way to do this, is the shaking of the idling at a traffic light. That's the only thing that electric cars don't do for you. Nice. That's the one thing I miss. Hold, hold that thought. Wait until you drive the Banshee. Okay, I'm waiting. Because people are throwing some shade at that car saying, oh, it's an artificial sound. And I keep trying to explain to people, no, this is how we did it. It's an actual exhaust system that is actually moving air out of the back of the car. The space between now and SEMA and the space between SEMA and sometime in 2024 is going to be full of Dodge. I mean, Dodge is obviously the name to watch. Everything that's come already, are you going to call it child's play? Oh, that's you know what? That's a really clever way to ask me what we're going to launch at SEMA. I wouldn't call it child's play. No, I mean, everything we do is very, very serious offerings. They're just all different flavors for different types of people. The, the six cars that we're going to unveil between now and SEMA, some of them, there'll be certain buyers out there where they'll say, oh my God, I've got to have one of those. And that will be a very small percentage. And other people will be like, that does absolutely nothing for me. I want the whatever. I want the scat back. I want the jailbreak. I want the... None of these are one size fits all. With that said, the car that we're going to do with SEMA, I think it's awesome. I'm super excited about it. There's going to be people that after I unveil it are going to go, why was he so excited? I have zero interest in that. But there'll be other ones that'll be just like me going, I got to have one. Well, Tim, it sounds like SEMA is the place to watch. More of the show coming up on Our Auto Expert. Listen to previous episodes of the show at OurAutoExpert.com. Catch up with previous episodes of the show, Our Auto Expert. Yep, that's right. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read inside car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Experts, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Our automatic Andy 
That's you. Guys, it's me. Automatic Andy has been reviewing a vehicle. He licked it, tasted it, smashed it, grabbed it, rolled it, bumped it. What else did you do? I turned it upside down. You did? I flipped it over, though. Um, You found everything about it, including drove it. It is the 2022 Toyota RAV4 Prime Prime. These people have been on the waiting list for two years with this. You plug it in, you charge it, you also drive it on gasoline. Um, So tell me about it. I get now why when why people are waiting two years. When you told me that, I'm like, no, they don't. You're lying. It's but true. In fact, they do. Uh, we got the extra cool edition because it's us. Um, so Toyota, they just think they can slide in an amazing car and no one's going to notice. But apparently a lot of people notice. Two years waiting list worth of notice. Uh, I had a lot of fun with the car and a, I had a lot of fun and a cheap time driving the car. And uh-huh. what I mean by that is I didn't put a single dollar of gas into it the whole time. Mm. Not a not a not a dirty dollar, not a fresh dollar, not even a not even a silver dollar coin, you know what I mean? Not a single one. Now I do. Um it's going to give you 38 miles a gallon just anyway. So the sentence can stop there. That's great. That's fantastic. But 38 miles per gallon just just straight get to get to getting we're already winning right off the bat. 42 miles just on the juice of electronic milk. So I was able to plan my trip, so I didn't really go much more over 42 miles, which even if I did, it's going to use like a half a, half an ounce of gas, so it's okay. And it's 96 miles combined. So no wonder I didn't need to put gas in it. I feel like I can get to the moon for 11 bucks. The it's a long, long way. The long electric range really was beneficial in a lot of ways. Less stops. And I saved money. Plus, there's over 26,000 charge stations available to charge at. I used one at Freddy's. Oh, okay. Um, so, where do the hybrids fall in the tax credit situation, Nick? Uh, of, of the two prime models, the XSE is packed with more standard features. 19-inch wheels, sunroof, infotainment is a little bit bigger, 9-inch one. Um, but if you don't qualify for the tax credit... Uh, I'd recommend getting the XLE Hybrid, which offers more standard equipment than the base LE model, um, and the tax credit could be up to $7,500. But I don't know if Toyota has any more. Uh, they just got refreshed because Mr. Mr. President signed that new uh, law, so they should be back in, but unfortunately I don't think the battery's big enough and it's not made in the United States, so they're back out. Oh, good. Well, you sometimes you got to get up to get down. Yeah. The Rev for the hybrid is powered by a 2.5 liter four cylinder engine that's assisted by two Nick electric motors uh-huh. for a combined output of 219 horses. Clydesdales. All wheel drive <laughs> is standard. One of the electric motor powers the real rear wheels, and the second motor and the gasoline engine drive the fronts. And it's continuously variable automatic transmission. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Not only is the RAV4 hybrid more efficient than the unelectrified model, it's also quicker. It's uh, the other one um, went 7.4 seconds zero to, to to 60, but the Prime, the hybrid, was able to do it in 5.4. Wow! Shaving two seconds off, so it's it's better for the planet and it's quicker. Mm, go hybrid. The RAV4 Prime cabin prioritizes practicality over style, which I appreciate because I'm already stylish enough. Yes, you are. With a plethora of cubbies and bins to choose from, Nick, I had snacks available to me 360. Of course you did. I could reach behind me. I could reach in front of me to both sides of me. And I had gushers ready to go. Snacks everywhere. 
Toyota is very generous with stuff, and they threw in a lot of extras at the base level. You get some of the amenities that you would only dream of, like dual-zone automatic climate control, Nick, and a, and a tilting and telescoping steering wheel, because that's nice. That's really nice when you have a belly, because sometimes I, I lose weight, and I have less of a belly, and then sometimes I have carbs, and I got a big belly. So I have to the the steering wheel gyroscopes around it yeah i bet it does so it helps yeah um nick there's there's adjustable f false floor in the cargo area oh that it's like a tricky cabin oh yeah the false floor you know what i mean for, for more snacks wait see that's what i'm talking about uh going up in the luxury trim gets you m more stuff you yeah. can have heated front and rear seats so nice. you can throw a little bone to the the guys in the back okay Ambient interior lighting, Ooh. upgraded fall leather Ooh. upholstery mm. that Toyota calls Softex. Oh, yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. The hybrid offers identical cargo and passenger space uh -huh. as the regular RAV4. Yeah. And in my calculations, I was able to fit 10 carry-on bags. Oh. And then when I folded everything down, I got 22 on. Oh. Um, Nick, you get a 7-inch screen just, just for coming to the presentation. Oh. But if you upgrade... You get an eight-inch screen oh. or a nine-inch, depending on how much money you got. Oh yeah. Apple CarPlay and Android Auto comes yeah. in it, and I didn't, Nick. I didn't have any wires. Oh. So that's an automatic yeah. buy. Yeah. As well as onboard Wi-Fi hotspot, and everything is standard. Oh, standard. Yeah, and and navigation standard too. Oh. Oh, and then, but here's here's the thing, because yeah. Nick, you know, I like to have concerts. Yeah, all the time. So you only get. A six-speaker system just by getting the car, oh. but because we had the ultra cool edition, we yeah. had eleven. Eleven, that's five more. I was able to, I was able to hit ranges and octave notes that I typically can't. Uh, who who makes the speakers? Um, I don't know. JBL. I knew it was JBL. I was yeah. just wanting you to participate. Okay. Okay. It says there's a big JBL on the front. Yeah. So I better not have missed that. Yeah. No, you better. So Nick. Do you do you want to know if I give the car a stamp of approval? I'm standing by. Absolutely, Nick. Oh, the, the car was a blast. It screams. It screams just because I'm sensible and economical doesn't mean I can't get down. Yeah, it's quick. It handles amazingly, and you hardly spend any money for gas. Plus, it slaps, and the concerts are amazing. It slaps. It but gets it gets a stamp and it slaps. Slapping provided by JBL. And that and that by the way was for all the TikTokers. It slaps. It slaps. See, I'm I'm old but young. Yeah. I know what the kids be saying. You you're down with the kid lingo. Yeah. And it, you're down with the the, the soccer moms um Rav four prime plug in hybrid slapping it. I will hip check a Karen to get first in line at it, Starbucks. In in her jogging pants. Yeah, in her in her little yoga pants that she wears all day. Thank you, Lulu, and your lemons. So we're, we're all there with you, Nick. I recommend the Rav Four Prime. Listen to previous episodes of the show at ourautoexpert.com. Pebble Beach was going on this week, and uh, we were there. Uh, our auto expert was uh, at Pebble Beach for the whole duration of uh, the Pebble Beach Concorde Elegance. Uh, Andy, you wish you were at Concorde Elegance, don't you? I wish I was there just to say it a lot. Uh, to say Concorde Elegance? Yeah, I'd walk around so bougie like I was rich and famous. You know who was walking around there in his uh, very nicely pressed jacket and uh, looking really... Uh, smart with uh, a nice collared shirt on and uh, 
was up at dawn patrol watching all the cars be brought in. Who? Tell me who it was. It was Perry Stern. Oh, oh, hi, Perry. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Good. Did you uh, did you get any sleep uh, and the whole Monterey car weekend? No, not at all. Um, <laughs> you know, you can sleep when it's all over, but yeah. otherwise you might miss something. As my boss would say, you can sleep when you're dead. Yeah, <laughs> that's how that works. Well, there's that too. Yeah, you, uh, you you obviously spent your whole weekend writing and talking about the vehicles. Did you see anything there that you think was? Uh, should have been the best in show because I know that uh, it's always one of the classics, you know, they have all the classic cars on the Sunday and they choose something out of there, but they don't really have uh, a best in show of everything that was revealed. It's really the best in show that was on the, uh, on the Sunday, but they don't have a best in show for the week, do they? No. And it's, it's such a mix of things. I mean, you know, the best in show at Pebble Beach Concours was, you know, was absolutely gorgeous vehicle, but you know, there's also you know vehicles. Uh, you know, a really very exclusive Land Rover, the high performance Lamborghini Urus for Fermante, um, concept cars. I mean, it's it's. I refer to it as, as just five days of car heaven because <laughs> if you're into cars, it's everywhere. I mean, even just seeing the cars just driving down the streets, people are driving around in Paganis and Koenigseggs and. Ferraris and and vintage concept cars. I mean, it's it's just crazy. I think I love the fact that there's kids on the corner in like every town around Monterey, just sit camped out with cameras, just snapping cameras. And I've seen Batman car there, and I've seen like loads of cars that people sort of bring down to Monterey for the weekend, um, just because they can, um, and just on the street every day. So let's talk about some of the things that caught your eye for the week. Um, what what really will go down as reminding you of 2022? Well, you know, I should probably start with the uh, the Lamborghini Urus Performante. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, who would have thought that Lamborghini would have an SUV? And now they're taking their SUV and bumping it up to even more extreme. I mean, this is a, you know, comfortable four-passenger crossover, four-wheel drive, 657 horsepower. Oh. It'll go 190 miles an hour, and it'll do zero to 60 in about a little over three seconds. Oh. What? And so they've, they've sort of improved quite a lot on the first generation of the Urus. Um, and it's still, it's now, I think, their best selling vehicle, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, by far. And you, know, you could say it saved the company. I mean, who would have thought Lamborghini would sell an SUV? But Porsche sells one, Rolls Royce sells one, Bentley sells one, Ferrari's got one in the works. Uh, and even the new McLaren boss uh, that just came in has uh, countered what has always been said about McLaren, that they'll probably have an SUV too. Right, and that, that's what's paying the bills for a lot of these companies now. I mean, uh, I know when a Porsche boss came in a few years ago, he said, I will never, you know, I want to get rid of the SUVs. And I think the accountants told him, you do that, you won't have enough money to make por uh, sports cars. Um, and that's what happens if you get rid of the SUVs. Um, as far as uh, memorable uh, vehicles, what else caught your eye? Um, one I thought that was kind of interesting uh, was the DeLorean. So DeLorean is back, yeah. kind of. Uh, you know, everybody remembers the DeLorean with the gold wing doors and the stainless steel, you know, body that you know was made famous in uh, Back to the Future movies. And so uh, the company has come back with the same name, and they built an electric concept car called the Alpha 5. Uh, has the gullwing doors, of course. 
that's about the only thing that looks like the original. <laughs> right. Uh, I did appreciate, though, that in the press materials, they not only told you what the 0 to 60 time was, they said what the 0 to 88 time was. Yeah, I, I thought that was funny. remember from the movie, <laughs> ah. 88 miles an hour is when it went back in time. Right. Ah, yeah, like that was, uh, And that's about the only things that are associated with the history um, of of... I guess the original DeLorean company, but it has no other apart from the name. They just purchased the name, and that's about the only association, right? That and the Gullwing Doors, yeah, pretty yeah. much. They would sell out in seconds if they just, even if they put a non-functional cosmetic, uh, uh, uh the capacitor, flux capacitor, the flux capacitor in it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, probably. Oh, I think you got to have a flux capacitor option on that car if they actually ever build it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's non-functioning, you got to have it. Yeah, um, that would be a. Clever and if it's thing. functioning, that's even better. <laughs> yeah, see, you get it, Perry. Lee, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder if people. Will, uh, it would be really fun if, when it got to eighty-eight miles an hour, there was some kind of sound effect inside the car or something. Yeah, that the whoosh that happens. Exactly. Like the lights start flashing inside or something. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. Or, um, yeah, yeah, the voice from the movie or something. That would be hilarious. Um, I know so that... There is, there is one other car I have to mention. You yeah. know, we're talking about 88 miles an hour. This one will do considerably better. Uh, the Hennessy Venom F5 Roadster. Oh, yeah. uh, <sighs> open top car, 1,817 horsepower. What? Uh, they say that, you know, 0 to 60 is about two and a half seconds, which, you know, there's electric cars that will do that. But in a quarter mile, it's going to do a quarter mile in under nine seconds and at the end of a quarter mile it's already going 170 miles an hour so and you mean they're like, expecting top speed to be 311 like 1800 horse like with a comma <laughs> yes 1817 uh, 1817 oh well if it was 16 i wouldn't be impressed <laughs> right what's the point at that point but yeah, yeah it's a twin turbo v8 it's, it's uh and it looks really cool too. I mean, they've done a really good job with it. Yeah, uh, they did. But stupidly fast. I think, um, and, and knowing also that there were some special editions that were also introduced um, at the Concours, I I did spend a little bit of time at the Range Rover house where they introduced the Carmel edition of the full size Range Rover. They're only going to make seventeen of these, and uh, and they are selling for um, I think about a hundred thousand dollars more. Um, and you, the the first one you had three hundred and forty five thousand is yeah, the asking price. Yeah, um, and you actually had to be at the house to to buy the first one, which <laughs> you had to go to the house to buy it, which was interesting. And the house was unbelievable. It was Matt Damon lived next door, what? I think. Of course. Um, um, and you, yeah, that was absolutely incredible. And then the concept lawn was interesting um, too. The link they had the uh, obviously that's where the uh, De- the DeLorean was, but they also had the uh, the Lincoln Star was there and the Lincoln L100, which you know was just an idea in design. But uh, the glass roof was interesting from front to back. Um, that was it is pretty cool looking. Yeah, very impressive about what it could look like in the future uh, transportation. Um, and there was, you know, the first time we'd seen inside the Genesis uh, concept as well. Exactly. And so they had shown that vehicle, I think, in New York, but uh, it didn't have an interior at that point. So they created an interior for this a beautiful, beautiful concept car. In fact, of all the vehicles on the concept car green, I would say that that was the most attractive of them all. Yeah. Uh, they call it the Genesis Expedium Coupe concept. Yes, Expedium. Um, and Expedium, which kind of likes. Uh, but it's, you know, it has a take on the, the classic Genesis uh, grill, you know, the, cr- 
LEDs that go wrapped around the front of the car. Uh, it's just this beautiful, sleek coupe, and the interior they created was absolutely gorgeous. Um, I think it was uh, designed to represent uh, the uh, California coastline uh, with its um, yellow. I said they basically said it was inspired by the yellow flowers and golden sand of Northern California coast. I. I was very, very uh, excited about the Speedium because I think it should be, uh, it sounded like something that came off the table of elements, um, you know, next to uranium, yeah. Speedi- yeah. Speedium. Speedium. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'd like, I'd like a couple Speediums in my car. Yeah, That's it awesome. was. Um, I talked to uh, Andrea Jensen, who was the interior designer, and her idea was that leather shouldn't be perfect like in a Rolls Royce. It should show every element that the cow had had, you know, every piece of barbed wire it touched, every uh, every blemish in the skin should be able to be seen in the uh, in the leather of the of the cow. So I thought that was an interesting <laughs> take. So that but, is very interesting since there's so many companies that are going to artificial leather to not show that at all. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, a different it's approach. Every car company is a little different. That yeah. sounds exactly. like buying jeans with holes in them already. Yeah, I guess. You can exactly, which I never got. No, me neither. I mean, if I buy a piece of clothing, I'd rather not have it ripped before I get it home. Yeah, I'm going to rip it anyway. Yeah, I can do that all. <laughs> I can do that fine on my own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was interesting. And um, you currently are on the uh, Lexus um, uh, RX program. I am. I'm just actually, I'm at the airport ready to go home. Um, one of the, we can't talk about how it drives until after September the 9th, but one of the best looking uh, Lexus I've ever seen. I would have to, I mean, when I saw the pictures originally, I wasn't crazy about it, I'll admit. And seeing it in person, it is completely different, uh, especially in the sunshine. Uh, they have some really nice colors and it looks a little different with every color, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was very impressed uh, with the design and uh, be excited to be able to talk about how it drives too. It's. Uh, I will say that uh, that company is continually surprising me. Um, you know, you keep thinking that they've got it wrong and that it's going to be a huge failure, and then you realize that they know more than you do, which is kind of interesting. And you know who knows more than us, Andy? Perry Stern. Perry does. Yeah, you can read all of his articles. I was just going to say, there's lots of people that know way more than I do. Uh. Listen to previous episodes of the show, watch automotive videos, and get the latest inside automotive info at ourautoexpert.com. Over 20,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert podcast and many more streamers. Join the happy listeners via the Apple Podcast app. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles. This is our Auto Expert radio show where 2 million Americans get their automotive news. Uh, and Automatic Andy does the uh, the waking up. So what do we drive in today, Andy? We, we had something to me that was kind of unique. I've never been in one before. It's a giant... It's like the size of four cars. It's a it's a giant Mercedes twenty six hundred Sprinter van. The, a giant Mercedes twenty six hundred Sprinter van. Yeah, it, yeah. It's the uh, it's basically a four by four Mercedes Sprinter with a high top in red. You know, I was expecting. If I can just be honest with you for a minute, Nick, I was expecting to get in the car. Yeah. And have it be have it like a like a eight track player on the inside. On the contraire, mon frere, there is all the latest and greatest Mercedes tech in it, and it had a nice little infotainment system. It's a, it's a cargo van. It's the 2500. 
Um, it's the it's the new version of it. So uh, it's kind of like the A class. Um, it's based on the A class, and it's the four cylinder, which is kind of interesting because um, the four cylinder diesel, I guess. It gets an A plus plus for me. Uh, the interesting thing is there's no way from the front to the back. So, you know, you can't get into the cargo without going, stopping and opening the back door. There's barely a way it's to sanctioned. get in. It's sanctioned. It is sanctioned. It's very much militantly sanctioned. You know what you're not getting is in the back of the car. Yeah. You're not if you're yeah. in the front. Uh, yeah, there's no getting into the back. It's That's really it. hard to get into when you're short and big like me. Short and big. It just, I felt like if I had a little bit of a, like a trampoline, it had made my life a scotch easier. It's the 170 though. It's the big one, the high roof. And it's fifty like eight thousand dollars. We got the, we got the nice one. Yeah, we got the fancy one, the fancy pants one. I just I, Nick, my mind is racing. It's almost giving me anxiety with how much, how many things that you could do in a big car like that, Nick. Like, uh, there's so many. I don't snacks. Want you, no, no, stop, Nick. We could deliver so many turkeys on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Or alternatively, we could uh, we could duct tape it off with like a like a like a canopy, and we yeah. could fill it up with water, and have like, like a, a mobile swimming pool. Yeah, like a mobile pool. I mean, half these vans are used for people transporting, as Whoa. well as like deliveries, those type bad. of things. But um, you know, they're used for as well as worksite jobs. So they're used for you know ambulances, golf vans, those type of things. If I ever had needed an ambulance and I got picked up in one of these Mercedes, I mean, I feel like that would just help my my recovery time. Because driving around in one of those versus one of the the AMT, like it's a half modified Honda Civic and Integra. <laughs> But this, what? this you're really gonna get healed. So, in. Uh, 1896, Mercedes invented the first van. That's not all they were doing. In uh, 1896. Stop. The Sprinter is the next chapter, I guess, in in that van history. So, they're, and they're built in South Carolina. That's where they build the Sprinter vans now. I was completely ignorant to the whole world of Sprinter vans, and now I'm a master. Uh, you are a master. They're, I mean, the all-wheel drive factor is really, really much fun. They're ready to power your business. You know, they have that uh, four-liter engine, uh, low cost, which means I think that's a bunch of fun. They do a six-cylinder diesel, a four-cylinder four diesel um, as well, and it sort of have a really high level of guarantee, and they also have that. Um, they, they have the whole sort of infotainment system in there at the front as well. Uh, they're connected, um, which is really helps the small business. I, I find that their connectivity is kind of cool. They have this sort of data management system for everybody's fleet. So uh, it really helps with the driver being connected. And then in cases of uh, emergencies, they have uh, sort of an SOS system. They can integrate with your smartphone. They have wireless internet on board, live traffic information, uh, all this charging information. They have the um, the the touch screen, they have the uh, MBUX system, which is the same as all their cars have as well. So I think that's kind of cool. And then you can configure the vans any way you want them too. I appreciate that stock standard. You get like eight cup holders because you know I'd be drinking, not drinking, drinking, but you know, I want like, you know, I want my juices. Well, you can put 15 seats in them as well. What? 15 seats. That... That's a lot. Of, that's like a that's they're a football not, team. They're not messing around. That's, that's eleven. 
but football team with with coaches and and two substitutes and like a cheerleader. Well, no, that would be sixteen. Because you can write up front. No, Nick, these things are impressive. I just though I do have I have a worry. Not a, it's not a con, but a worry. Okay. Because they're so tall, Nick. Yeah. Like, so there's two worries, but it, it's kind of the same worry off of, it's two worries off of the same worry. So it's like worry 1.A. One, how does that get through drive throughs And two, that's so top heavy, like myself, I feel like in just a, a perfect storm and a big gust of wind, it's it's over. Here's the first thing. Why do you need to uh, go through a drive-thru when you could actually park it and then go in. Because if what if you have a whole football team? You can't be bothered. But, yeah, you're right. I feel like you should just park it at that point. You should have thought about them bringing their pack lunches. That's true. No, good point. Yeah. Okay. So bring your own pack lunch. That's number one. What was the other one? The the perfect storm of it having, like, a big wind gust. Yeah. Because it's top-heavy. They have a system for that. Do they? They have an anti-wind device in there that... Uh, it's a wind shear, anti-wind shear that stops uh, if you have a wind gust. It's uh, it's the system stops it being knocked down. That sounds like something as humans we should evolutionary That's wise. The go sort of to. thing Mercedes would do, isn't it? Yeah, Mercedes would put an anti-wind system in it. Yeah, that's a cool sentence too. Yeah, huh. it's the wind shear device. They actually have it. I've driven a vehicle where they put massive fans against the side, and that's exactly what it did. Oh. They anti-winded it. You s- <laughs> that's is that one of the, the configurations. Can you know, I get the anti-winded it? You, you know what they're doing now? Yeah, what? They're working on an anti-wind device for you. Oh, there is none. Yeah. I'm just too, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an immovable force. No, they're trying to. They're trying to do an anti-wind device for you. I want that. I hope that's, I feel like that would be the next next lane of evolution as humans. Like, if okay. they can do an anti-wind device for you, would you have one? Yeah, I would upgrade to that. I mean, because this year I upgraded to a bidet, and then next year I would upgrade to anti-wind. Yeah, yeah, dude, I'm close to becoming a demigod at that point. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would take the anti. I wonder how that would look on a human, but it doesn't matter because I would I'd make it look good anyway. Um, let us know if you think Andy should have his very own anti-wind device. You can go to ourautoexpert.com yeah. and type in yes. Yes, please, anti-wind device. Thank you. And um, you know what? If you uh, have those suggestions, go follow us on all of the social media channels. That is uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, you can leave the comments at ourautoexpert.com. Listen to this uh, episode, and you can listen to all the previous episodes of our podcast and subscribe as well on Apple Podcasts. Watch our TV interviews, and you can also uh, watch all of our TV shows on Fox Sports. And you know what? You look really good today. And uh, take the rest of the week off. We said so. We'll see you again next week. Listen to previous episodes of the show at ourautoexpert.com.